So, do you guys have any of those friends who you just can't rely on if you call them? Like, they won't ever answer, you know, no matter what. And they're always too busy to talk or they always have something going on. That's Max Gabbard. Max, is, you know, I like to answer on the first ring. Max likes to just let it flow. <laughs> and now he's can't... died. <laughs> I still can't laugh because of COVID, so... Oh, uh, the COVID warrior he is. I can't wait till Kyle hears that part of the podcast because he's going to text in our group test, text and go, see, I haven't told you. Oh, so this is a trend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So have you guys ever seen those things like you have one person to call and if they answer, you live, if they pick up or you, they answer, you die. If they, if they don't pick up, you live. I would 100% be like Max Gavin, I'm calling him right now. And he would follow up with a text like, oh, busy, call you later. Or can I call you in 15 minutes and an hour and a half later? Oh, hey, sorry. Not that I'm allowed to discuss my job that much, but the majority of my job is phone calls and meetings. Oh, just... really? I wonder what that's like, Max. I wonder if anybody else has... That's what my job is! Easy. About to bust the headphones. Whatever. Anyways, all the ex- welcome to all the Extra Points podcast, episode five, I think. Season two. Season two, episode five, with Max and AP. Podcast for the week, jumping right into it. We have a nice, easy Woodford Reserve Double Oak store pick. Ooh. It tastes a little bit like coffee. It's pretty good. It's a little what? different. Wait, what? Yeah, it has like a little bit of coffee. It's like a little sweeter, dark chocolate coffee notes to it. It's yummy. I like it. It's one of my go-tos at night when, I'm, when I've had a long day of driving. Six and a half hours. Yikes. Mm-hmm. I don't miss those days. Oh, not so at we, all. I don't. We, used, we used to have a rule with my job where I traveled. It, it was my boss. It, we were kind of a new company still, so I understood. The rule was if you can drive there in seven and a half hours or less, you're driving. Jeez. So... Kansas City was eight and a half. I had to drive there more than once. That was terrible. That's crazy. Yeah. It does not sound fun. You know what's crazy to me is that to get to Morgantown, West Virginia, you have to drive through Ohio to West Virginia, then to Pennsylvania after you're already in said state you're supposed to be in, back to West Virginia. Do you ever do you ever wonder how like state borders came about? Not if you look at the map, it's there's like five states with straight border lines, and it's like the plains, North Dakota, South Dakota, Oklahoma, Kansas, Texas. Thanks, Max. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> thought of the day. <laughs> hey, Max, what are we talking about today? Uh, we're gonna break down the 50 state. No. Um, so we are going to go through the coaching carousel like we we're going to last week, but you know, stuff happens, life happens. Uh, we're going to go briefly touch on the Brian Flores lawsuit. We're going to do a Super Bowl positional breakdown. Our Mount Rushmore this week, since this time last year we did our Mount Mount Rushmore of Super Bowls. This year we are going to do our Mount Rushmore of Super Bowl MVPs. And surprise for everyone, Aaron, go ahead and send the link to him. We have a guest Very for Super Bowl guest. week. Very special guest. We, I, we've been promised him more than once. 
but now he's finally I'm bringing it up. Us. I'm bringing it up. I'm bringing it up. I mean, he is a busy guy. He he's a. Uh, no, I'm bringing up the government. He didn't like me for a period of time. Oh no, that's true. The link has been sent. We'll see if he can figure this out. But yeah, probably the best, most accurate kicker in Ohio State history. The best. Sorry, Mikey. It's crazy. It's crazy. We're happy to have him on. Uh, it'll be fun to have those conversations with him and just pick his brain a little bit about what college football is really like um, as a D1 kicker rather than a D3 kicker who barely wins football games. <clears throat> I had to bring that up again. But, I mean, Max did have the best kick in. Well, we did college history. So, that was good. Real good. But, yeah, no, he'll he'll be on in a second. Hopefully, he can figure it out. If not, but, yeah, we got to hey, my If my dad figured it out, I'm just saying. Take a shot at Tim if he can't figure this out. Ooh, hopefully he can. Um, so, Max. Aaron. The Bengals are in the Super Bowl. I hate when you play music. It's so bad, I can barely hear it. And we're back. Happy with that? Are you happy now? I mean, come on. If the Browns were in the Super Bowl and you guys had cool songs, you'd be playing all of them too. It is a cool song, and I'm happy you guys finally realized that you guys have a song to play. What do you mean, finally realized? Well, I mean, you know, all the Bengals fans are back. All right, so so let's discuss let's discuss this real quick before Tim gets on. What do you think about all these people? And I, I get it. Nobody expected the Bengals to be in the Super Bowl. Not even me. Not you. Not Kyle. Not Bingle Jim, not uh, the Mandalorian guy, Bingle, not Captain Bingle. Everybody jumping on the Joe Burrow bandwagon. Well, he's pretty good. He's a, he's a good young kid. He's pretty good. Oh, oh really? Really? I mean, we he all the, knew. He, we he all had the greatest college football, debatable, arguably, the greatest season in college football history. Yes or no? I would say so. Uh-oh, we have a special guest. Our special guest has arrived. Special? Tim, Tim, Williams, him, Tim Williams himself. What's up, guys? How we doing? Good. How are you, man? Buddy, I just, if I was any better, I'd be Aaron Poley. I tell you, wow. funny, so you, funny that you means you'll be terrible. Funny you say that. <laughs> Tim, a lot has happened in my life since we have talked. We'll have to catch up about it off the air. But uh, off the air, man. Yeah. Oh, cool saying that. Um, so just a fun fact, uh, Tim was, uh, Max's kicking coach and he coached me for one session, but I was probably, when you too, listen, well, I was going to say I was too cocky back then. <laughs> Tim didn't like me for a short period of time. I he, always liked you. <laughs> hey, that was the problem. Well, we rekindled our friendship after that. At we're Max's good. Wedding. Yeah, we're all good. So, um, yeah, Max, what do we got for Tim today? Uh, so Tim, we got some random questions for you. Uh, and then however much you want to stay on for, we're going to do a Super Bowl positional breakdown, go through the NFL coaching changes, talk about the GOAT retiring, briefly touch on the Brian Flores lawsuit, and go through 
our weekly Mount Rushmore this week is Super Bowl MVPs. Nice. You guys, uh, you got a heck of a heck of a lineup. It sounds like a lot to talk about. Well, we'll see if we get through it. We tend to yeah, we tend to not it. get through it, but it's fine. For what's everybody? What's everybody drinking tonight? Uh, well, we, that's a good question. Podcast for the week, Aaron. Podcast for the week. This week, I my bourbon of the week was Woodford Reserve Double Oak. Um, was store pick, and it's uh. Pretty good. It's one of my favorites. Got a little, like I told Mac, a little dark chocolate and coffee notes to it. It's one of my okay. favorites to drink at night. What are you drinking, Tim? I uh, I've got a I'm kind of light. I love it. So so Tim goes my route. Yeah, my I know. Route. Tim's also oh. fit. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Mick so, Alters are always a safe pick. We got to watch. I, I I actually listened to your podcast. Was it last week you were talking about the Budweiser? seltzers the oh, cola yeah. seltzers yes buddy that cola seltzer they they nail i'm not a big seltzer guy uh amanda is she loves the seltzer she, she loves, loves to go to uh fig leaf over in uh, middletown yeah and yeah. Oh, uh, yes those and are just fantastic great pizza there good beers but man i tell you what this bud light these uh cola the cherry cola not as oh, big yeah. on the line but that cola flavor holy cow that's dangerous the orange one is my favorite. I, I you like the orange one? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're cool. all good. They're, I mean, I see, I, I don't mind. I like seltzers in the summer because I feel like I could, like, after I'm mowing or something, just pop a few back and you don't even know what happened before you do it. Um, but, man, I could I go hard on those, though. Yeah, I just bought a new 12-pack of those cold, cola ones. They're good. <laughs> that, I, but Bud Light finally did it right because they have failed miserably in the seltzer. Yeah, game. I agree. I agree completely. Well. Tim, if you're ever in Wilmington, uh, your wife would probably like Tin Cap. I don't know if you guys – I don't know. We've First, actually know. been there. I, I was there for uh, Nick Beachler's Surprise 50th. Okay. Uh, not a big cider person. Neat atmosphere. Great atmosphere. They had yeah. really nice music that night. Yeah. It was a, a married couple that was fantastic. We were upstairs. Uh, yeah. We had an absolute blast. Great yeah. time great atmosphere i bet it's better in the summertime when you can go outside but uh yeah we were there it was in december i think it might have been december 18th or something like that oh yeah 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 it's a neat place i like it yeah outdoor is really cool they have just a bunch of picnic tables and just a cool setup they have outside because they do have a lot of live bands especially on the weekend so Mm -hmm. uh probably the only place in wilmington i'd recommend going uh yeah i completely agree with you yeah yeah no question what about Sorry, Wilmington man. College? <laughs> There's a reason we don't talk about that. Been there, done that, right, guys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I don't even know why. But, well, cool, Max. What, what, what do you got for Tim? I know you, you wanted to start this. You want to bring Tim on first. So, what, what type of well, – I'll let you lead the, lead the question game. Uh, so, Tim, do you want to touch on how many different radio shows, podcasts, Facebook Live things you have done in the last, I'll cut it short for you because I know it's a lot. The last like ten years. So I started out. Uh, gosh, I started out by going on the, the Mark Schlemmer show on nine eighty at W O N E. I was a guest of Ronnie DeSalvo. Ronnie, or I'm sorry, Bobby DeSalvo. He is the owner of DeSalvo's Deli up in, and he bought an hour of time with Mark Schlemmer. And Mark is kind of a legend as far as sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, radio, sports talk radio, local sports talk radio. Uh, yep. He has since retired. 
so I started going on with him and, and, and it really gained a lot of confidence in, you know, utilizing the contacts that I had. I would come in and I would set up interviews with Ron Zook, uh, uh, Bill, uh, uh, Frank Solich, the head coach at Ohio University. Yeah. Uh, at that time, uh, gosh, the head coach for uh, the head coach for Bowling Green, which was Dave. Uh, shoot, he's now at Wake Forest. Oh Dave's yeah, escaping me now. Um, a great year this year. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I really gained a lot of confidence doing that. So I did that. I then I started doing football games on 105.9 The Rebel. You guys remember the days of 105.9 The Rebel? It was a country I station. Do. Based out of Middletown. It was a really good country station. I was asked to do uh, two years of the Valley View High School football games on uh, on the Rebel. So I enjoyed doing that. Then I got hooked up with uh, Sean Stidham. Uh, Sean was, uh, still does, actually run Sunday Sports. And at the time, we were doing a lot of Franklin games. And it was right about the time that, that Luke Kennard entered high school. Uh, so we covered every single one of Luke's high school basketball games as well as his football games when he was a starting quarterback there for a couple of years. What a special uh, kid he was. Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So then I, I dabbled in a little bit of uh, color commentary uh, with uh, WMOH out of Hamilton, Fairfield, Knoxford. We covered a lot of GMC games. Had the opportunity to do some games on uh, 1410 uh, Wing AM, the ESPN affiliate here in Dayton. I've done a lot with Waspy Saman. Waspy is the owner of JD Legends down in Franklin, Ohio. And if anyone listening, all two of you have ever been to, have not been to JD Legends, he does a great job with bringing in fantastic entertainment, a lot of national names. Uh, but Waspy wanted to dabble into some uh, some sports podcasting so again i utilized my contacts we had gosh we've had guys like uh buster douglas that was one of our favorite oh, wow. had uh jorge Jurgel, who was uh, an mma guy we had greg fry former ohio state quarterback bill conley former ohio state football coach we've had uh we had ron zook on ron zook is obviously a former uh gosh he was a head football coach of florida he was the head football yeah. coach at illinois he was the coach. He was the DB's coach at Ohio State that recruited me, and I've maintained a uh, strong relationship with him over the years. Oh gosh, so we, you know, just being able to utilize that. Actually, had Max's dad, uh, Tim Gabbard, who was my high school uh, head football coach, and still currently the girls' basketball varsity coach from his fourth, fourth year. Max, I'm not sure. Uh, four, 40, 44. Um, and he came on with us a lot and I don't know, I've, I've just, I have the gift of gab. I'm not afraid to talk or speak my mind or, you know, give my opinion on anything. And I enjoy it. I love it. Absolutely love it. So I've had a lot of experience with the media. Speaking. So, I mean, the, you know, the, the stage that, that I played on kind of allowed me that opportunity to influence in a positive way you know having played at Ohio State for you know for four years and establishing a name a little bit and then trying to uphold it you don't realize and I'm sure you guys even at the at the Wilmington College level you don't realize the the impact that you're going to have after 
for things that can happen for you after your playing days, because that's always going to be associated with you. And well, that's that's really cool. You brought that up because I wanted to ask you about that because um, I see Jake Ballard, uh, a lot of these guys around Beanie Wells all the time, and like just people just stare at him still. I mean, they're just mind blown that there's Buckeye players in the same room as them. Yeah, it gets it can sometimes be a little bit overwhelming. I'm I'm not that uh, that that physical of a feature, you know, to look at. But <laughs> I kind of blend in the crowd with being five foot nine. There's no doubt about that. But uh, it is funny sometimes the the response that you get when you know if if you have the Big Ten championship ring on and you're you're you know you meet somebody and then all of a sudden they they realize that you did what you did. It's funny how sometimes their tone changes or their attention to you changes. And, you know, I'm all about being genuine. That's what I did. That's not who I am. And, uh, again, I try to use that platform as a positive to, to help. And, you know, fortunately for me, I've, I've been able to, uh, to train kickers and punters for the last 27 years and had a lot of success with, uh, with a lot of kids. And, and that's just kind of my way of staying involved in the game and, and being able to, to kind of pay it forward a little bit and, you know, throw my uh, my two cents. I am fairly confident in what I do in terms of how I teach and the method that I use, and I'll put it up against <laughs> anyone in the country. Um, but that's not an arrogance. That's a confidence because it was something that I developed, and it's not based on how I did it. It's based on how the body works, you know, mm-hmm. and – you're not going to be able to make everyone perfect, you know, in terms of how you want them to, to perform technique wise, but you know, you get them to a point to where physically they're doing what they do. And then, you know, the other part of being a kicker and as you guys well know, is the, the mental part of it. And uh, I had extensive training when I was at Ohio state, Dr. Bud Ferrante was a sports psychologist who had worked with Olympic athletes. I had the ability to spend a lot of time with him. Uh, got to know his family. I was over at his house often for dinner. Um, I really, really took advantage of that. And that was, you know, for me, that was the difference maker. And had I wish I'd met him sooner in my career, but, you know, with kids that I'm actually try to take what I learned uh, and apply it, you know, that, that thought process of, you know, when you're getting ready, as these guys that are getting ready to play in this game Sunday have faced, especially Evan McPherson, you know, how you have to have that same mental thought process going into every kick, regardless of what happened on the last kick. Because we all know when we missed one, what that's like to go back out the next time. Mm-hmm. So. Definitely. What? So are you a Bengal fan? You know, I'm a football fan and I'm a, you know, at the NFL, I'm more of a college guy than I'm an NFL guy. And I, I, I guess growing up, I was, I was always a Cleveland Browns fan. Hey, I think right. that's because everybody else loved the Bengals. And, you know, Chris Collinsworth is a, a fourth cousin of mine. Uh, it didn't. That didn't matter. Now, I when at the NFL level, I, I like the players. I'm more of a players fan than I am. A, I am a team fan. Uh, I love what's going on with the Bengals. I love it. I, it, I've gotten to know uh, uh, Jimmy Burrow. Joe's dad very well. He was uh, on staff there at Ohio University with Frank Solich and mm-hmm. got to know him very well and have actually communicated with him quite a bit here in the last year, uh, even up uh, a couple of weeks ago. 
know, just shooting him a text and saying, Hey, congratulations. And, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And he always responds. He's, he's a fantastic guy. And it's easy to vote for Joe. I mean, it's easy to pull for the kid. Uh, his, his family tree is unbelievable. I, I wish they would shed some light on things like his grandma, for example, scored 80 some points in a, uh, high school basketball game one time. So, the you know, <laughs> the bloodlines are, uh, wow. are pretty good in the Burrow family. And, you know, he's had a lot of relatives that played at Nebraska. And, you know, that's where it's, that's kind of funny. It's kind of a funny side story. When he came out of high school, that's his number one school where he wanted to go was Nebraska. They didn't want him, right? Schools. It did not even offer him. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. His dad played at Nebraska. Yeah. An assistant coach there before. Uh, Frank and his staff came to Ohio University, but yeah, neat family. We actually had Jimmy Burrow on uh, uh, one of our podcasts with Waspy. I think they call oh, it, cool. uh, if you look it up, GTG Sports. Uh, I think it's on Podbean. It's I, I'm not very good with all the podcasts, but I was able to search your guys's and have listened. And but yeah, boy, and I appreciate what you guys are doing. It makes it a lot of fun for a lot of people. Yeah, we so you know just shed shed a little color or put a little color on why me and Max started this. We we started this because Max and I, you know, we were best friends for throughout college, and we finally decided after years of just kind of keeping little communications that we needed to find a way to really connect. And what better way to do it than do something that we did every day for you know the years we played together? I mean, Max and I spent three four hours together. We'd do nothing but we'd kick some you know, a little bit, and then we'd go into throwing footballs at telephone pole or at uh, goalposts and talking about all this sports stuff, and that's how we started this. It's really been fun. I mean, we're on season two now. We've had, gosh, Max, what, 50? This is getting close to 50 episodes now, right? I think we're 45. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, now, are you guys able to t- check how many uh, listeners you have? Or Yeah, the- yeah, yeah. yeah it tells awesome. me every time, so – yeah, it's really cool, um, and it's, it, it maintains around the same. Sometimes during the football season end, I think we get a little more. So um, it's been fun. It is ironic that we did we started this last year to to really just like I said to have fun, and we started it without football season. We were in the middle, getting close to March Madness, and now mm-hmm. that we had a full football season, it was really fun just being able to focus every week on that. Oh um, heck yeah! But speaking of football, you know, I I think this has to be the most likable. Super Bowl in the world for quarterbacks because you look at Matt Stafford what he's done how much he's gone through and you have him on one side you want him to win but then you got Joey B and I mean how do you not root for that guy and it's it's fun to watch but the one thing I wanted to ask you like you talk about confidence and and, you know just that mindset Evan McPherson the comment he said before we went on the AFC championship game is just a kicker's dream of a comment to go out and say yeah the kids had 12 field goals, has not missed in the playoffs. I think the record is 15 by Adam Vinatieri in a playoff season. Uh, you look at uh, Matt Gay. Matt Gay had a heck of a career at the University of Utah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, going into the playoffs, he hadn't missed since game. Yeah. He's missed one in each of the last two games that he's played. So mm-hmm. when you look at a game that, you know, that, that kind of weighs heavily on the special teams portion, especially the outcome of a field goal. Uh, you got to love the Bengals chances with the, the confidence that Evan McPherson has uh, without question. Now I have a, uh, one of the cool things that, that I've been 
have had the opportunity to partake in is I have a ballot for the Lou Groza award. And I I know the year that Matt Gay came out of Utah, he is who I voted for and he ended up winning the Heisman trophy. That's Uh, really cool. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I, I, uh, I trained a young man at the university of Louisville named Art Carmody who ended up winning the Groza. I think it might've been in 2007 or 2008. And Art got kind of involved with the uh, organization and he reached out to me and, and asked if I would want to be a ballot holder. And I said, absolutely. So that whole process every year is a lot of fun. Actually, I have a young kicker in Kentucky, uh, Andrew Heron. He'll, he's a freshman. I sent him the ballots and showed him, you know, his Andrew is a, you know, you have to have a passion for it. Andrew studies these college kids. And I actually sent him a ballot of the finalists and asked him who he would vote for. And it was kind of funny. This young man and I both voted for the same people this year, uh, you know, in terms of the winners and the outcomes. And we got we nailed it, both of us. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> he pays that so, close attention to college kickers. Like absolutely. That yep. Yeah. It's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I know you've coached a lot of the guys from Ohio state. Uh, you've had a lot of, a lot of luck with that and, and getting those guys to that next level. So that's really cool. So, you know, my question goes back to your playing days, you know, and I'm sure you've had this a hundred times, but I'm just curious mm-hmm. to hear it on your side. You know, that when, when someone mentions, mentions, you know, you were, you know, y'all, you kicked at Ohio state. How was that? What's that first initial moment in college mm-hmm. that always comes back to you? I know you have to have one. You mean the, the, the the biggest first moment that I had? Yeah. Oh, that's easy. It's kind of a little bit of a story. I'll make it quick. So the first game I ever played was the first game, uh, you know, I, I was a starter, 90, 91, 92, 93. So in 1990, we opened up with Texas Tech at home. And uh, that was also Robert Smith's first game. And Robert yep. Smith goes on to have a great career with the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first half, uh, I – the first attempt to end the game was a 32 yard field goal. I go in uh, and I made it. Uh, I felt, you know, coming from Waynesville, I'm still the last. I'm the, I think there's only been two division one football from Waynesville, myself and Kirk Kennedy, but I, I know that I'm the last one. No one else has since, but wow. coming from a small town like Waynesville, not having any idea what that reaction is going to be like from the crowd. I go in, I, I hit that 32, and I felt like I was on top of the world. Second half, we uh, we stall on a drive, and it's a 21-yard field goal attempt from the left hash, and I pushed it to the right. I go one for two in my first game. And I'll never forget, John Bozick is a legendary equipment manager who's since passed, but he was – uh, he was with Woody Hayes when Woody was coaching, and Bose was just the man. And he would tell you like it is, uh, and he did not have a filter what a, whatsoever. So Monday after that game, I come out of the weight room, and uh, I run right into Bose. And John Bozick says to me, he says, what are you doing? What are you doing, kid? And I said, uh, Bose, what are you talking about? He says, you go out, you kick an extra point, you raise your hands up in the air like you won the Super Bowl. He says, my God, act like you've been there before. Jesus. <laughs> you know, he's just, he's just been out of shape. And really kind of brought reality to me with just that brief little thing. Because when he spoke, you listened. 
we go yeah. the next week, we go to Boston College. And uh, Tom McLaughlin, is that that state right? I think so. Uh, what's the the head, the former head coach for the Giants won a Super Bowl? This, uh, Tom, Tom, Coughlin, Coughlin, Coughlin. Tom Coughlin. Tom Coughlin. I'm sorry. I knew, I knew it was right. So he was the head coach for Boston College. And we huh. go to BC. Uh, I go out for my first attempt of the game was a 34. Kirk Herbstreet was my holder. We had a, a bad snap. Ball comes back. It's snapped. It, it, Herbie drops it. He's got a scramble. I'm like, good Lord. I need to make a daggone kick. So we've got four seconds to go before the end of the half. And the ball's on the 35. Got a right-to-left wind. And the offense uh, coordinator, Jim Coletto, calls a timeout. So the offense comes over, and I'm I'm just standing. I went right to Coach Cooper, our head football coach, and I just kind of stood behind him thinking, okay, they're going to call for a field goal here, right? You know, end of the half, four seconds, 52-yard field goal. You know, what the heck? Well, the offense goes trotting back out. Coach Cooper turns around. He looks at me and says, Timmy, you couldn't have made that, could you? I said, well, Coach, it's only a 52-yarder. 52? 50, time out! Time out! So here comes the <laughs> offense. And the commentation is hysterical. Obviously too far for this young kicker, Tim Williams, da-da-da. It's all, it was games on ESPN. So uh, they call him over, and uh, by God, we go out, we attempt a 52-yarder, and I freaking nailed it. And You're you a freshman? just – that was my second game of my freshman year. Yeah. Wow. And that was an arrival feel. It was a game where, okay, I belong. You know, because I was having some mixed emotions after that first game. Yeah. And that was the moment, the first defining moment for me, for sure. But long story, but kind of kind of funny, kind of comical, but in meaning. Well, it is because so. it goes back to the thought, like, and I know every kicker feels this. You miss a long field goal, it sucks, but you miss a short field goal, it hurts. Even worse. <clears throat> I mean, there's no worse feeling. I remember at um, – oh, Max, I know you remember. Miss Kingham, we lost three to nothing my senior year. I had a 36-yarder that I, that I pushed left. I wasn't proud of myself on it. And then we get inside, and that was in my head. It was like a 23-yarder. It got tipped at the line barely but i i still like as soon as i kicked it i was like that's not gonna go in either like and both of the, i walked we lost that game three to nothing and i missed two field goals there was no uh, to this day doesn't it? to this I, I i remember getting my because i went home with my parents that day i didn't want to ride the bus like a little kid you know college yeah. game went home with my i get parents. it i get it like i was upset max i know you remember that game oh yeah just i was just counting the time till uh you gave up at that point Oh, it was bad. That was bad. But, you know, it just it just goes back to show you that, you know, you got to get that confidence back. And, I mean, I'm happy for Evan McPherson, and, and he's doing great things. Uh, Browns are Browns have a decent kicker now, but we've had struggles. You know, I, I'll to the Evan McPherson thing that not anyone uh, publicly or in the media has talked about. You know, his days at Florida. Oh, you know who Shane his Graham. kicking coach was at Florida? Shane, Shane Graham. Graham. Shane Graham yep. is, you know, obviously I, I knew Shane when he played at Virginia Tech. Um, had worked several camps with him. I worked at Notre Dame camp with him. And I always, so when he came to, to Cincinnati, it was awesome. <laughs> I mean, it was great. Hung out with him a few times. It was funny. 
you know, we went to CHCA, Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Kevin, you or uh, Max, you remember, you remember Kevin Lavelle. Yep. And Kevin had uh, just completed his senior year in 06 at UC. And I had, uh, I'd set something up. So Darren Simmons, who is still the special teams coordinator for the Bengals, I had it set up for, for Darren to show up at CHCA. And then Darren coordinated Shane coming up. Uh, and, and, you know, Kevin and Shane, they both kicked at uh, CHCA. And old uh, Shane shows up. Shane Graham shows up in his car. And I'm standing there. And he goes to get out of his car. And the, the door goes up. It doesn't come out. I'm like, good Lord, Opie. <laughs> how did you ever learn how to open that door? I absolutely think the world of Shane Graham. So for for Evan to have that NFL experience as a kicking coach, and I'm surprised more colleges don't do this, uh, but that has shown invaluable, you know, in terms of getting Evan mentally right. Now, obviously, physically, he knows what he's doing, but that mental part is such a big deal. And I'm certain that Shane Graham had a lot to do with that. Yeah, Yeah, but, but for us, it's a little different. You can you can tell when college programs actually pay attention to their punters and kickers because they are going to be more successful. Oh, well. where you know you got somebody like Wilmington who. Well, okay. Well, of, you say Wilmington. Our, you say Wilmington, yeah. Max. I was a four-year starting place kicker at Ohio State. I started as a punter in '91 as well. Did it all. You know who yeah. my kicking coach was? No, me. Uh, no, nobody. Yeah, me. I, oh they, my I mean, gosh, that's crazy. We had, and it's still the same way. I, I trained Dominic Demacio, who's at Ohio State as a bat. He kicked off several times this year. They don't where, have anybody. Where is he from? Is he from DeSales? Yeah, he's from DeSales. Okay, yeah, that's right. I've been with Dom since he was in middle school. Yeah, that's my uh, my kids are gonna feed into DeSales when they get older. Oh, very cool. <clears throat> that's great a good program. School. Yeah, it is. Yeah, very much. Yeah. Well, that's uh, – I didn't know Shane Graham was a kid. I, I agree with you. Like, you have experience like that. I'm surprised mm-hmm. they don't get into coaching. I mean, mm-hmm. that's – yeah, I didn't – I never even thought about that. That's that's a good point. Who, yeah, he started yeah, – Shane, Shane Graham started his first year was at Central Michigan after he retired uh, from the NFL. He left Central Michigan and then went to Michigan State where he spent time with a kid that I've trained since middle school, Matthew Coglin. And Max, Matt, I'm old sure Matt. you remember Matt. Yep. And uh, then he left Michigan State a few years ago and went to Florida. Yeah, yeah it's it's a, it's a needed thing, I think, in the in a, at the college level for sure. Absolutely. And Evan's got such a big leg that if he has that confidence, he's going to be dangerous for years to come. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, he, so for, for some reason, he reminds me a lot of Justin Tucker. I mean, in terms of his swagger, swagger doesn't necessarily mean arrogance. It means confidence. And yeah, yeah. Swagger can be defined a couple of different ways. He's still got just such a genuine feel to him. He's he doesn't. It's kind of like Joe Burrow. You know, Joe Burrow has swagger. By golly, it's not arrogance. It's confidence. Nope. Yeah. I and and maybe I'm wrong here, but I would like to hear your take on this, Tim. I feel like, in general, kickers feel so much more pressure because I mean, in every position, you could say if you start messing up at all. You're probably going to have either a, a kicking battle in the or coming up at practice, or you're going to get cut. You see these kickers have a couple, like Cody Parkey, signed a huge contract, mm-hmm. goes into the season, 
has a you know pretty good year throughout the year, misses that forty yard field goal in the playoffs to lose the game, and he's not on the team anymore. Yeah. Like it's it's crazy to me to see how these guys, you know, and for kickers you have that, that that's in their head. Like, oh, I missed one. If I miss another, I'm probably not. I'm gonna get benched. Like you yep. can't get benched mid game, but and for some reason Mason Crosby, he's like the survivor of survivors. But um, no, nah, man, that's that, mm. that that's crazy. So, do you have a favorite kicker of all time? So I had a you know I spent a lot of time at the school you guys went to with uh, with a guy by the name Bengals. of Jim Breach, Jim Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I that was one of the things that I did when I was younger. I utilized my uh, my uh, being related to Chris Collinsworth, and I would go with my cousin Jerry Williams, who was older, and I babysat Chris when Chris was younger, and in Lebanon, and uh, I would utilize that VIP with Jerry, and then I would go straight on over to the uh, the field where Jim Breach was, and Jim was my mentor in terms of teaching me the ins and the outs, and just the, I mean, just to see and guys didn't get to see this and and being former kickers you would appreciate it someone five foot six let's put this into perspective five foot six and could kick the ball so consistently and as far as you needed him to kick the ball uh jimmy was just so involved to me uh so i i guess i would have to say jim breach without question yeah that's awesome. I and I will keep it short. Mine was always Phil Dawson because the Browns and just the level of consistency he brought to the team. He was fantastic. Calmness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Never forget that field goal he kicked against the Ravens that hit the back of the uh, post, goalpost, and popped back in, mm-hmm. and they called it. And they called it no good. Came out, replayed it again, and he had made it. And then he kicked a game-winning field goal in overtime. He was. He was yeah, I remember it. Yeah, Matt. Oh, you mean aside from you? No, it's it can't be. You can't whatever. Uh, no, mine's mine's always been Robbie Gold, former Bear yeah. now. Yeah, I like Rangers. Robbie Gold. Yeah, I had I had similar feelings. I always liked Dan Bailey when he was with Cowboys. Just his mm-hmm. again the calmness. He walked out there. I mean, he was so good early on in his in his career, and then he had a couple injuries. He and was. He just, he fell down a little rabbit hole, but he was calm, consistent, walked out there, got it done. But I think as a kicker, you yeah. have to love Justin Tucker. Like, I don't know how you don't. Yeah. I mean. Oh, he I just, know. He's, uh, he's brought a lot of attention to that position, no question. But, mm-hmm. Max, to go back to your back to your Robbie Gould thing, you know, I, I, I've trained Mike Nugent from middle school up, and uh, Mike is one that had such a – an appreciation for Robbie Gould because he kept it so compact. He was yeah. so compact. He didn't, you know, he wasn't too far away. And when you train kickers and teach that it's, you know, you can be too far away and have to reach to the ball. And, you know, the further away you are, the more room for error. And Mike just always had such an appreciation for Robbie. He always went back and talked about Robbie when, you know, we would have conversations or, he would share videos and say, hey, what do you think about this? And he would always say, you know, always make a comparison to Robbie Gould. And that was uh, – I thought that was kind of cool. But, yeah, heck of a heck of a kicker. A great story. No question. Did I see that Nugent was kicking this year in the NFL? No. He gave it up. Yeah. 
he played the previous year. That's yeah, he played the previous year. He had a heck and of a that was, Yeah, he did. Heck yeah, he did. Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. Max, sorry, we haven't even talked about your Super Bowl stuff. I know I, I rambled there and we got we got Tim going. So you get me going, I don't stop, man. It's like putting a quarter in me. Yeah, see? <laughs> yeah, it's it's different for me too, because I can talk to Tim whenever I want to. You don't. Yeah. So. Well Max is yeah, I was say Max has had to sit back and relax here, but um let's jump into the Super Bowl. Uh, Tim how Tim, how long you got? I got a few more minutes. What you got? Max. Uh so what what well We'll do the positional breakdown, and then we'll let Tim go. So, basically, what we're going to do here, we're going to go position by position and say which team has the advantage. So, we'll go position groups. Uh, since it's us three talking, let's start with special teams. Uh, my choice is the Bengals, and I think that has to do with Darren Simmons and Evan McPherson and Kevin Huber, all three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Tim, I'll, I'll defer to you. You know, it, that's a tough one. I mean, when you look at the entire uh, special teams unit, now, when you talk about special teams, you can't just talk about the kicker and the punter and the special teams coach. You obviously talk about uh, it's it, special teams is all about field position and momentum. Mm-hmm. And Johnny Hecker is so one good. of the best oh, punters yeah. ever, ever mm-hmm. in the NFL. He can do whatever he wants to with the ball. Yeah. Kevin is up in age. I mean, I've known Kevin since his days at UC, and gosh, you can't do nothing but feel good about the longest tenured Cincinnati Bengal to finally get to mm-hmm. a Super Bowl. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I obviously I'm pulling for him, but from a special teams perspective, I'm going to give the edge to the Rams in terms of the athletes. I, I feel like they get more out of uh, the field position part of it. And Kevin's been a little bit inconsistent this yes. year with yes. age. Yep. Uh, but if we go position by who, who's the better kicker, I, I'll go McPherson all day long and twice on Sundays. Uh, but the entire uh, kickoffs are out, you know, in terms of field position because everyone puts the ball out of the end zone. That's not yep. a big deal. Returns, same thing. You don't know. Uh, but when it comes to the punt game, I'll go with Johnny Hecker just because of how good he is. Now, Kevin, at one point in his career, was that good, but I don't think he's there anymore. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I he's good. He's damn good, or else he wouldn't be playing in the NFL, right? So yeah. I just think Johnny Hecker's a little bit better, and that covers. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I don't want to be the tiebreaker, so I'm going to really pull this out the way I'm going to say it. I think you got to break it down like, like you did, Tim, and – I mean, yeah, you could go field goal, field goal kicking all day at McPherson, but if it does come down to field position, that's one thing that the Rams focus on. They are really good at pinning people deep, and they're good at keeping them there. And that's how they allow themselves to get the ball at a better field position on the next drive, and that's how Matt Stafford can make those short drives. Um, I, I don't – I think it's almost like a tie. I really do, because if you look at both sides – you know, I think the biggest factor in that is is field position. But if you're across the 50 yard line, Evan McPherson is is in range. So it's it's deadly either way you look at it. So I'm just going to give a tiebreaker answer that no one's going to like. That's fair. Coward's Ooh. way out. Coward's way out. I understand. Yeah. Always shut up. Right. Don't ever call me coward again. <laughs> I hate uh, that man. Next. Next, we'll go to the secondaries. 
I am not being a homer, but I'm also giving the edge to the Bengals based on the depth that they have compared to the Rams. So the Rams had to bring in uh, old man Eric Weddle to start and play the entire game at safety after they lost their top three safeties. Then you obviously have the best cornerback in the league, in my opinion, Jalen Ramsey. But that's kind of where it stops. You got a lot of guys that have been brought up on the practice squad, whereas Cincinnati has stayed relatively healthy in the secondary the entire year. You have Von Bell, Jesse Bates, Eli Apple, Mike Hilton, uh, Shanae Wouzier, and then you have the second highest paid cornerback in the league, Trey Wayne, sitting on the bench because of how well Eli Apple has played. And Trey Flowers has been a godsend covering tight ends the last five or six weeks. I I would agree. I I think you have to look at it as a whole. That's what we're doing here. I think as a whole, the Bengals play better uh, mm-hmm. fundamentally. But, I mean, when you have Jalen Ramsey on the other side of the ball, it's deadly. But Weddle, I mean, you can tell Weddle is not what he used to be. He was always awesome. He was but, retired for two years. Yeah. But, I mean, the thing is, is they don't need it as badly just due to their defensive line. So, um, I think the Bengals have to rely on their secondary. So, I guess I'm up. Yep, you know, yep, when you yep. look at when you look at the secondary, I mean, you, you, Jalen Ramsey's a stud. Yep. I'm not a huge Eli Apple fan, even though he did play at the Ohio State University. Um, I just – I've always kind of felt like he's reckless and – very uh, scares me on the penalty side of things. And Matthew, I think Matthew Stafford's going to be a guy that's going to go uh, for the deep ball quite a bit. So that scares me with Eli Apple. But then, yes, you also have to look at the linebackers. You have to look at uh, yeah. tight end Von Uzama. Is he, I mean, he's going to be completely healthy, correct? I mean, Von Miller uh, is not the Von Miller of old, but my gosh, that guy can still cover. He had, what, six tackles in the, the game against uh, – uh, the San Francisco 49ers with a sack. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I don't know. I think it's kind of a push personally. Um, it's going to be whatever receivers make plays. And I'm not trying to jump into another category, but you know, we're going to be some, we're going to, we're going to see some pretty talented receiving cores going uh, at yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, oh, and, I can't wait. Yeah. I mean, it could be the Cardale Jones thing where you throw the ball up and the receivers are coming down with it. Wasn't that Cardale Jones played that well against Alabama or Oregon yeah. in the national championship game. It was just he threw the ball up, the receivers went up and got it, and they made plays. So, yeah. obviously, everything favors uh, the receivers in this game because the DBs are prone to pass interference almost every play. So, I, tough one. I, I'm going to go push. I'm going to pull AP on that one. There you go. Love it. Love it. Aaron, do you want to start with the linebackers? Well, I think let's – I mean, I, I – I don't know. And don't forget, I mean, Leonard, I, Leonard Floyd and Von Bell – or Von Miller are considered linebackers in the Rams defense. So. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm more considered them into that secondary a little bit. Um, I just was going to go D-line in them. Um uh, linebackers just aren't as big in these games anymore because they're either dropping back or they're rushing. They're not playing that coverage as much. And I would, I would, I guess I would probably say the Rams 
um, because, I mean, I'm not crazy familiar with the Bengals linebacker core. But, I mean, when you have Von Miller and he starts playing well, that's a big factor. Um, I forget the other guy on the Rams who I really like. But um, I would probably have to go with the Rams because of that defense as a whole. They're playing so well together. Um, I actually think the secondary is the weakest part on that team. And that's crazy to say when you have Jalen Ramsey over there. But it is. I think the I think the rest of that team plays really really well. So I and I think that that linebacker that linebacking core probably brings that together. I'll go next. Von Miller plays for the Rams. Advantage Rams. <laughs> He's gonna. I, I think Cincinnati's gonna have a hard time running the ball. Yeah. Oh no doubt. There's no. Oh. It's gonna be a different game for them. What do you think, Max? Um, no. The way the Rams run their defense, I'll, I'll go Rams with this too. Just because I, I still don't trust Jermaine Pratt, who's playing for Hakeem Davis Gaither, who got hurt earlier in the season. But if it wasn't for Logan Wilson, the Bengals probably wouldn't be in the position they're in, <clears throat> the way he's been playing at linebacker. But as a whole, I'll go with the go with the Rams on that one. Love it. Um, the next offense. one I don't think is gonna. No, we still got the defensive line. Well, we already know that. So I think offense. we can skip that one. <laughs> Are we all in favor, Rams? Uh, I think you have to be. Hey, hey, uh, no disrespect to Trey Hendrickson, but yeah. No, there's no question though. Next, um, I believe we can probably skip the next one too, which is offensive line. Yeah. Yeah, but you, I mean, you gotta, you gotta have a little bit of something to say about Andrew Whitworth. I mean, he just became uh, the oldest player in the NFL. When Tom Brady retired at 40 years yep. old, former Cincinnati Bengal, I think for 12 seasons. Long time Bengal. Yep. You got to really kind of feel for that guy. And, and I, I, they, do a, they, do, they do a nice job. I, I think from a pass protection standpoint, they do a better job than Cincinnati does. But from a run blocking perspective, I think I give the advantage to Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, uh, until they have to go against a Rams defensive line. So it's it's not so much the position as much as it is the position that you're going up against. You know, if you're going to rank uh, offensive lines, well, yeah, I, I, we all know that Joe Burrow was sacked nine times when he played against the, the Titans, right? So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's now who they're, who they're going up against, which is one of the best uh, defensive lines in the NFL and with the Rams. So I – you know, it's it's just one of those things. It, it, Cincinnati's going to have to find a way to run the ball, um, you know, and, and, and to have some success. But then there's another factor, and we'll talk about that in a minute, I'm sure. I As, as far as the offensive line for the Bengals goes, Jackson Carmen actually maturing a little bit throughout the season and getting more playing time against the Chiefs and playing better than anybody else has played at right guard helped a tremendous amount. And I don't know if Frank Pollock, the Bengals offensive line coach, is going to fight to keep six offensive linemen in the game the majority of the time or how they will handle that with C.J. Uzama not being 100%. So, another point for offensive line. I don't – I think my my biggest thing that all I want to say is Whitworth is 40 years old playing left tackle. Left tackle, yeah. That's – that alone is mind-blowing to me. But yeah, I think uh, I think it's going to be a big part of the game. But which position, Max? We going receivers or running backs? 
Let's go to the one that is probably the hardest one, receivers. Ha. Huh. Uh, this what this is a hard one because I don't know how because you look on both sides of the ball you have the best receiver statistically this year on one side you have mm-hmm. Cooper Cup then you have uh, and you have Odell who is really finding his groove you have Van Jefferson imagine if they had Robert Woods still yeah right. I mean what are you gonna do and then on the other side of the ball you have probably the best trio in the AFC easy with and Jamar Chase rookie of the year I mean. There's no way he's not going to be a top five receiver next year at this rate. Um, I would have to say just for consistency purposes, I'm going to go Rams. I think you have the best route runner slash ball catcher in the NFL um, when he's healthy. That's Odell. Uh, maybe not ball, route runner, but definitely ball catcher. And so then not, you have Cooper. Not route runner. Don't. Yeah, I meant, I, meant, I meant Cooper Cup and – route runner and then ball catcher uh, Odell but you also have the playmaking ability that Odell brings the game um, I think I would have to go that way because I think you have Van Jefferson out there as well if Tyler and I'm going to include tight ends in this Tyler Higby looked really well but that guy I forget his name who came off the bench after he got hurt looked amazing do your so, research Aaron Tyler Higby I know. not playing in the Super Bowl I know, I know I just said the guy who just came off the bench that um, yeah, so I would have to – I'm going to lean Rams here. I don't know. Uh, that's just me. But what do you think, Tim? I, I think the the potential lies with Cincinnati. Uh, here's another factor. Um, I think the experience lies with the Rams. I don't necessarily yeah. think that – that there's a better receiver. I think he can kind of split it down the middle. Um, Odell finally had quite a few catches against San Francisco. If he had nine catches, uh, he hadn't had that many, you know, in previous games catching his groove. But when you got Cooper Cup with 11 catches, 142 yards, and two touchdowns, my God. Yeah. Uh, so I think the experience, the proven experience goes to the Rams, but the potential. Of, of what could be uh, and what has been showing goes to Cincinnati. So I, I, again, I think it's, it's who, who goes, who goes up in the air, makes the plays uh, is able to hang on to the, obviously it's captain obvious answer for you, but I, I like Cincinnati in this, in this regard, just because of the belief. And it's, again, it's, it's another factor involved. I love it. Max, you we're go building. Your boys. We're, we're building here. Uh, yeah, I I am going with the Bengals, and I'm doing that based on matchups that they'll have compared to what the Rams will have versus the Bengals secondary. So Jalen Jalen Ramsey's more than likely gonna follow Jamar Chase, or he'll stay on the right or left side and cover Jamar Chase or T Higgins. So at that point you are going to have if – T, if he shadows Jamar Chase, you're going to have an average height of the rest of the Rams' cornerbacks below <clears throat> six foot, and T. Higgins is 6'5", and Tyler Boyd is one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. So I'm going Bengals. Okay. I don't disagree. I um, like it. 
I don't think we need to go running back. I think that's mixing. Well, the fact that the Rams have Cam Akers back, somehow back from a torn Achilles in August. Isn't that crazy? How does, I don't know how that happened. Hey, your dad, your dad's probably shaking his head on that one, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then but, they, you also, but you also have Sony Michelle. Daryl Henderson back. Yeah. And, and Sony Michelle's been there, done that, you know, in terms of this game. And yep. Man, yeah, what a great talent he is. And, and, you know, with Cincinnati, you got Joe Mixon. And after Joe Mixon, who you got? Joe Burrow. Yeah. That's the part that scares me a little bit. The but running the part that The part that frustrates me as a Bengals fan is they still play Samaje P. Ryan because he's best buddies with Joe Mixon. And you have a rookie like Chris Evans from Michigan. Sorry, mention a Michigan guy. That's fine. He's a heck of a who, player. Who is obviously much better. Maybe he's not run blocking the way they – or pass blocking the way they want to in practice. Maybe he's not getting the plays. But to me, he is much more explosive. He ha- He's had moments this year. Why he's not playing more than Samaj P. Ryan, I don't understand. So, best overall running back is Joe Mixon. As yes, a whole, agree. I would say the Rams have a whole agree with that set too. of running backs. Yeah, and I think you'll see the Rams be able to – run the ball a little better than the Bengals for sure this week. I I disagree. I think I that's what everybody thinks is going to happen. Yeah. But that's just it, is that I I, I think the potential – I think Cincinnati has to run the ball. They, they've got to do – they got to do something and get creative to run the, the football and take a little bit of pressure off of Joe. I think you're going to see a lot of screens like you did against the Chiefs. Yep, that's yeah. where P. Ryan comes in play. He does a great job, as does Joe, in catching the ball out of the backfield. I just think the way that game's going to end up going is going to be based all around play calling for the Rams, and Matt Stafford's going to be able to control the tempo. So I think we'll see a lot of play action, play action, hand the ball off, and Cam Akers can run. So, but we'll see. I mean, I'm I, I'm I'm anxious to see it, and I'm anxious for the last category here. For Max's sake. DJ Reader, underrated run stopper. Much underrated. He he's the reason why Derrick Henry did not did not get loose in that Titans game. Yeah. But quarterback. You got the young gun against the middle aged, experienced Detroit transfer, Matthew Stafford. This is a question start. for me. Yeah. Go ahead, I'll Tony. go first. Nine-year age difference between the two. Yeah. Experience goes to, obviously, Stafford. But is that experience good? I don't know that it is. I don't know that that counts for anything. First time he's made the playoffs. Because of the culture that he's been around. He has come into this with his eyes wide open. And, you know, there's there's been some inconsistent play from Matthew Stafford throughout the season. Joe Burrow, when we started this season, if you guys remember back to the preseason games, people were wondering if he was even mentally going to be able to play this season. And what he's coming off of from the previous year, what he did at LSU, his family pedigree, what he has brought to Cincinnati – I think is the main reason why the Bengals are right now where they are is because he has completely single-handedly 
change the culture, change mm-hmm. the belief in everyone from the management, the ownership, to the coaching staff, to his teammates. And that's mm-hmm. an intangible that is immeasurable. Yep. And for that reason, I just don't see how they freaking lose. I don't see how Cincinnati loses this game when you have a guy, as long as Joe Burrow stays healthy and he doesn't get hurt, nine sacks, ten sacks, it doesn't freaking matter. The guy is going to find a way to win. And I think the belief that he has instilled in everybody and the belief that everybody has in him is going to be the main reason why Cincinnati wins the Super Bowl. There you go. Wow. Max, I'll let you be the tiebreaker. How do you follow that up? (laughs) Yeah, and I get it. I know why. I mean, I totally understand it. Um, I disagree on the aspect of I think Stafford is – his accuracy and a few other parts of his game still speak to it, speak by itself. I think the way he can read a defense says a lot. I think that's going to be a big factor in this game. I think Burrow is not – I mean, when I say I disagree, I don't mean like I disagree in a way – in a big wave. I disagree because I just think that Matthew Stafford's experience on that side of it is going to go a long way because I still think this defense is inexperienced for the Bengals and he's going to be able to pick them apart a little bit. That's why you see Cooper Cup get so many of these short little passes because he can pick it apart a little bit, have Cooper Cup run a route, and he knows he's going to be wide open. So I just think like, that Just level, like the Chiefs did, right? Just, what? Just like they did? Just like Chiefs did, right? No. I mean, yeah, but the Chiefs are a little bit different on that aspect, that aspect because they – I mean, really, on the receiving end, they don't have as many options, I mean, as good of options as, as the Rams – or as, as Stafford has. I think Stafford's going to be able to flow a little bit but I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Okay. I'm going with my Lord and Savior, Joe Burrow. To to reiterate what what Tim said, when when people thought of the Bengals, even before this year started, when you heard those rumblings that Joe Burrow was going through some claustrophobia-type things because – he has to put his plant leg out there like that that literally got destroyed against Washington last year. And he was going through some mental stuff, and Jamar Chase was dropping balls. And then you have the week one where they were losing bad, and Joe throws that long touchdown to Jamar Chase. Mm -hmm. And up until every point as a Bengals fan, I've always thought, if we're up 21 going into the fourth quarter, we still have a chance to lose. But I don't think that anymore. And I think people in Cincinnati don't think that anymore because of Joe Burrow. You talked about Stafford's experience. How many playoff games did he win in Detroit? Zero. So this is the first time he's been this far. He's never been to the Super Bowl. And Sean McVay has, which helps. But guess who was on Sean McVay's staff when he went to the Super Bowl and the quarterback's coach? Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor knows what they did wrong. So as far as coaching experience goes, too, it's really a toss-up. Do I think McVay is the better coach? Yeah, I agree with yes, you. Yes. But as far as experience goes, it's roughly the same. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, you know, Matthew Stafford has a heck of a story. I mean, yeah, how he life. ended up where he's at, you know, the, the whole vacation last year where – 
he and Sean McVay ended up in the same uh, resort with with their wives, and they made it all happen over vacation. And you know, to see a guy that's been taught not taught to lose, I don't mean it like that, but he's been in a in a losing organization, one of the worst football and that wouldn't do anything for him and you know i i can only understand i can only imagine what his mindset was going into all those games all 13 years with the lions and it's hard to change that in one season what he's done is remarkable and if he wins it's going to be a great story you know it's not going to be as good as a kurt warner story and hopefully you guys have seen that movie the american underdog have i met him by the way that was cool Holy cow. But yeah. I, I just think it's going to be an amazing story either way. Yeah. You know, whichever, whichever quarterback does win. And I hope the quarterbacks shine. I don't, you know, I hope it's not a Peyton Manning Super Bowl where, you know, it wasn't really, you know, when he played for Denver, where it's kind of like he didn't really do anything, you know, just hold, I, hold on, just hold on. You know what I'm saying? I, I just, yeah. I, I think it's going to be a neat story for, for each quarterback, whoever. Agreed. I do too. That's why I'm excited for the Super Bowl. Um, before we move on, I know, Tim, you probably got to get, what is the Super Bowl prediction you got for me, Tim? You want so to you score? Gave us, you gave us your winner. What's the yeah. score? Yeah, I, I think Cincinnati wins. I think it's a uh, – I think it's a, a 38-35 oh game high scoring i think there's going to be some points scored i think the athletes are going to show themselves i see cincinnati going down early and if i see cincinnati go down early i feel good about it lou Lou anaruma has been great at adjusting at Mm halftime max do we need your prediction or do you i mean do you want my point prediction Mm. Absolutely. 34-31 Bengals. Why? 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 Because it it resurfaced this week. So you guys know the whole Simpsons thing. The Simpsons, how they've predicted hundreds and probably hundreds of things that happen in the future. Uh, Yeah, it's a little scary. What's the story on that? I haven't seen it. 9-11. In 1999... So the, there was no L.A. football team in 1999. In 1999, they had an episode of The Simpsons where the Cincinnati Bengals played the Los Angeles football team, so they didn't have a name, and they beat them 34-31. to 31. So You're I'm kid. going Cincinnati 34-31. <laughs> wow. I'll be honest with you. I never could make it through five minutes of The Simpsons because I always thought, I thought it was so stupid. They weren't nearly as cool as Beavis and I could never, I could never do it. What I didn't know now, like twenty-two. Oh, more than that. The Simpsons? Yeah. Oh, I think it's more than that. Yeah, they're on something crazy. But all right, so I'm gonna go. I'm not, you know, I'm gonna do this again because I just, I've continued to say that I'm their lucky charm because I keep picking them. So I am gonna take the Bengals. Uh, I'm gonna go twenty-four twenty. The final score. Um, but I don't feel oh, like wow. the score is really going to reflect. I think, I think one team is single-handedly going to take – like it's, gonna, it's just not going to seem that close. I think the Bengals are going to get it done. 
I'm excited for him. Um, and I think Burrow's going to get his first Super Bowl. Wow. wow. That's a Cleveland Browns fan talking. There's hey, some stories behind been, that, Tim. He's been very cordial this whole playoff run. I will give it Well, to I – yeah, and I've actually really been invested. I told Max that the Bengals are my playoff team. I'm going to watch them. I'm going to root for them. Did I expect this to happen? No, I didn't. Uh, I expect them to beat the Raiders, and I thought they had a good chance against the, against the Titans. But I did not expect this at all. I just feel like the AFC has a little bit of an easier easier way to get there because the Chiefs are not the Chiefs right now. So once they once they started rolling, I thought it could happen, and I'm going to stick with them. I think if they're go- I think if they're going to win it, it's this year. I think this is the year for the Bengals to get this done. So I think coming up here soon, there's going to be a lot of competition in the AFC and then even more competition uh, coming up in the NFC. So I think this is the year for Burrow to get it done. I like it. I like it. Again, I'm not a huge NFL fan. I'm not a Bengals fan. I'm not a Rams fan. I'm, I'm a football fan. And, and, and I just, this has been, the competition has been amazing. Best playoffs. Is, Excluding week one, uh, that that I've witnessed, yeah, uh, in, the in, in divisional all my round days. weekend was insane. All four yeah. games, yeah, this is, this is crazy, crazy. Well, guys, hey, I, I appreciate y'all having me. It's been a lot of fun. I, uh, I'd like to do it again sometime for sure. We'll get you on. Have you had, uh, have you had Waspy on Max? I've not. You, you got to hook us up. Well, yeah, you got his number, don't you? I know my dad does. I don't. Max, all right, he's like, we'll make this happen. All right, hey Tim, it was great having you on, man. We appreciate it so much, and uh, good luck with everything going going forward. For sure, Aaron. Same to you. Let's catch up soon. Yeah, definitely. Talk to you. Thanks, Tim. See you, Maximus. Thanks. That was Tim Williams, ladies and gentlemen. The Tim Williams. Max, we are rolling here. Um, 70 minutes. This is our longest one. Yeah. It just but feel I, like it. I laughed to myself. I had to cover my mouth because there was a really funny thing Tim said. Nine sacks, ten sacks. Joe Burrow don't give a crap. You know what that <laughs> reminded me of? Gold yeah. jacket, green jacket. Who gives a oh, shit? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. Um, I think we got to skip the Flores lawsuit. Um, we'll save the coaching carousel for the off season. We have a long off yeah. season because at this point we are not getting any baseball in 2022. So nope. And also we we got a lot of NBA to start focusing on. March Madness is coming up. We'll do both of those next week. Um, just not talking about the game last Saturday. Including, I don't, we're not. That's not happening. We're not even talking about that game. That was embarrassing. But we are going to talk about the Cleveland Cavs because they look amazing. Dude, um, they're fun. I know. Like they're very they're fun. fun. Yeah. Darius Garland looks like a madman out there. Kevin Smooth Love is having fun. I like, I oh, like yeah. seeing that. Yeah. I know. I know. So. All right. Quick um, Mount Rushmore. All right. Yeah. Quick Mount Rushmore. Um, we'll just do four. Yeah. Let's just do four. Um, you go first. Since, since you no, – no, since you get the fanboy over Tim a little bit, you can go first. What are you talking about? Fanboy over it. What? Go ahead. What? All right. Um, man, I'm gonna put the pressure on me. Uh, all right. So one for me. Oh man, I can't say that. Never mind. 
Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go back a little bit. Um, my dad may murder me because I'm going to say this, but I'm going to go back to Don't Super do Bowl 33. Don't do it. John Elway. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm going to go Super Bowl 32, actually. Terrell Davis. Because uh, I remember vividly watching that game. That was either the season of or the season after his two th- or the season before his two thousand yard season. You and talk about just... somebody that had a stretch. Holy cow! Right, good, like a four year stretch. Five, but it was five. Because I, five? Dan Patrick talks about all time, best five year stretch ever in sports. Are you going to argue that? No, I would have to agree. It was pretty close. Yeah. Insane. That was crazy. But, yeah, I would go there because I remember watching that game. He was a badass. Ran all over the field. Just had a great game. Um, so, I'm going to go Terrell, or Terrell Davis, Super Bowl 32. There, there's a loophole in this that you did not think of that I did. And I'm going to go this route just because it's what I always do to you in life and on the podcast. I'm going five-time Super Bowl MVP Tom Brady Jr. Very unsurprising. Right. I know. Sorry. I had to. All right. I'm going to back that up with one of the best performances, especially in a fourth quarter, we're ever going to see again. And Super Bowl, that's Julian. Yeah. 18. Is that the Falcons? 10 catches, 141 yards total. One of the best catches you'll ever see in a Super Bowl. And just straight up dominated oh, that defense. That was a Rams. That was a Rams Super Bowl. Yeah. What? Yeah. Right. No, that was the. That was the. Yeah, Jared Goff. Oh no, that was yeah. the Falcons. That was no, it was a Rams. Twenty eighteen was a Rams Super Bowl. Yes, Sean McVay, head coach, Rams. Jared Goff. Yeah, you're right. Because uh, Tom Brady one before that was right before Nick Foles. Beat yep. Him. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, okay, but yeah, I'm gonna that one was insane to me. So I'm gonna go one that I can remember. Like I want to say Bart Starr, you know, Super Bowl one, Terry Bradshaw, two-time Super Bowl MVP. But one I can actually remember because I hated it because I liked Eddie George and the Titans. But Kurt Warner and the when they beat the Titans, I mean, he was crazy. That offense was nuts. Greatest show yeah. on turf. I mean, greatest show on turf is right. Yeah, I'm also going to throw another one out there, and that's Ray Lewis, just because he was a madman. Didn't he kill a guy? <laughs> Maybe we never know. Never know. Um, so thanks to Tim for hopping on. We had a lot of fun with him. It was really good to get him on here. Um, so, I mean, people... so full disclosure, I was fully prepared to kind of chill this week, knowing you two would both be on here. Just <laughs> full, full disclosure. I let him go too, man. I love hearing him talk, man. He's, oh yeah. He, I, I want to get. I would love to have him on here again. Just to. I feel like, just I feel like I'm more. spoiled. I feel like I'm spoiled because I've heard a lot of these stories. You know. Yeah. Because Tim's literally known me since I was born. Yeah. So. It's nice, though, when he gets to talk in public because people get to see, you know, we know it. Oh, you were just a kicker. No. No. 
He went to Ohio State. He's done a whole lot of other things in his life. And he's a good dude who always tries to give back to any kicker he can possibly give back to, any athlete. And, yeah, it was great to finally have him on. Yeah, agreed. It was awesome. So thank you, Tim. Um, yeah, he he's a great guy. I mean, he's had a, just some awesome experiences. He's a great kicking coach. People don't realize how many kickers – He's humble about it. How many kickers who went to the NFL he's worked with? Um, yeah, but never forget, I was part of the OGs when he fully invested himself <laughs> into coaching kickers. That's right. That's right. You were one of the OGs. Um, but, yeah, he's had a great story and just a lot of fun. So we'll have to have him on again when we have more time. Um, we can do – maybe we can try to do a live episode one time. Or not a live, but just an episode where we're all together in the same room. It'll be fun. Got to figure that out because I try, I try to do one with Bruce here, remember? And it echoes. So we got to yeah. figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, that wraps it up. We'll have some good content coming out next week. But um, we will talk to you with a either a lot of happy Bengals fans. Or Am I allowed to end the podcast how I've been in the podcast? Yeah. Sounds horrible, man. Can't even hear it. This is great. Thanks for wasting our time, Max. You got it out of your system. Um, Hey, thanks again, everybody. We will talk to you guys next week. Good day. Peace.